this is the queer world podcast thank you so much for listening my name is logan i'm the host and the creator of the podcast uh i'm just a gay man from london who came up with this idea for the podcast about a year ago uh i've been working in a corporate job for a really long time and for the last few years of that i've been saving up money uh to go traveling and um, at some point I decided during my travels that uh, I try and meet people from our beautiful queer community in the places that I visited, or at least all the places I was able to. Uh, I'm interested in seeing how our community celebrate their identities and challenge the status quo where they live. Our community is so diverse and creative and our identities are influenced differently everywhere, dependent on a million different things our sexuality and gender for one, but also our race, our cultural heritage, our religious and socio-economic backgrounds. All of these elements of who we are, I think influence how we live in this world as queer people. Uh, but at the same time, I do think we have one thing in common, and that is the wish to live freely and equally and in harmony with others, not at odds with others. Our fight is obviously ongoing for this globally, and sometimes it can feel like it's getting worse every day but i'm hoping that i can share some stories with you around this that will inspire us all to keep going because there are small revolutions every day and that's kind of a mantra i keep in my head all the time um because sometimes living in this world as queer people can feel a little bit tough and like things are going backwards, but there are people everywhere in the world saying no and fighting back, whether that is through activism or art or just celebrating yourself and your community, we are still marching on. So our journey begins in Latin America. I started my journey in Brazil and I hope we get to travel even further in the future. So, welcome to the Queer World Podcast. This week, we are coming from Colombia, Bogota in Colombia, the capital. I'm noticing that I did a lot of my episodes in a lot of capitals. I guess that makes sense in a lot of ways. Um... But anyways, so in February of 2023, I was in Colombia. I absolutely love Colombia. It's such an amazing country. Um, I highly recommend everybody go there if they ever get the opportunity. It's beautiful. It's colorful. It's lively. People are so warm. The Spanish is a little bit easier, if you ask me. Um, I just absolutely love it. And I really like Bogota. Uh, I felt like I understood and I knew how to operate myself in Bogota because it feels a lot more like a city I'm accustomed to. You know what I mean? It's like a big, grey, concrete city. <laughs> and that is what I know. So I just felt familiar there. Um, and I really enjoyed that about it. It was kind of comforting in a way. And I just, yeah, I love it. But anyways, I was in Colombia to meet uh, Mikhail, uh, or Michael, uh, from Museo Q, which is Museo Q, the letter Q, Museum Q, Museum Queer. Uh, it's a mobile museum as such. I guess that's kind of what we would call it, a traveling museum um, of queer theory, concept, uh, memories and stories. Um, and they're brought to life in all forms of media um, and shown in all different kinds of spaces. They've had an event at a botanical gardens. Um, and yes, they've been established for a number of years now, um, having exhibited all over Colombia in all cities. And they've also been invited to speak at events internationally. Um, I watched a video of Michael speaking at an event in Germany, I believe. Um, yeah, at the time of my visit, they weren't holding, uh, any exhibitions. Um, if I remember rightly, they are on a small kind of hiatus because 
there uh, the people in the group are kind of living in various places and working on other projects at the moment uh, so there's no no big event going on but um they they were having an event a small event in a in a bookstore that day so i did go along to that and then met and chatted with michael afterwards um but i was yeah i was curious to know about how museo came to be uh, and how it's evolved and what the reception has been like from public from funders um to their to their work um and it was a really nice little chat so we we met up in a bookstore it was such a beautiful little bookstore full of books by Judith Butler, Bell Hooks, Angela Davis, and loads of really beautiful editions and lots of fiction by, um, you know, famous queer authors throughout history, Oscar Wilde, Virginia Woolf. Uh, yeah, I could have stayed in there for forever. But they were having an event there for a book launch by a, a collective of artists, um, the uh, kind of curators of, of the book, dialed in on Zoom and another member of Museo Ku dialed in on Zoom and they had a conversation about the book and um, I didn't understand a word because <laughs> it was all in Spanish and it was all quite heavily intellectual conversation. My Spanish isn't that good yet so I felt like a bit of a lemon but it was still lovely to be there and afterwards I was feeling a little bit nervous after all of that highly intellectual conversation um, about how the interview would go. But uh, Michael and I went back to his apartment nearby and had a cup of tea and he made me feel very welcome and comfortable and relaxed. And we had a lovely little chat about Museo Ku. And so I will let you listen into that. And I hope you enjoy. bit until we get into it. Sure, and when the, when the, the tea's ready. When the ready. <laughs> you should stop. Cool. A little bit. Yeah. So um you're happy with the event today? Or? Uh, well I, I was happy because uh the fact that Caravato thought about Museoku and invited us just to moderate the dialogue. That that's nice. Uh, but of course, it's always better if there's people uh, and if there's like a lot of audience. Mm. But at the end, the event was recorded, so I guess people can people can go back to yeah. watch it. Yeah. yeah, were there many people watching it live? Or I didn't check. Yeah. I didn't check because I was uh, posting on Instagram. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's difficult Saturday afternoon. It's difficult to get anyone to go to anything unless there's the promise of, you know, a drink yeah. or some good music or something. So yes, yes, and it's four p.m. and and it's kind of rainish. So yeah. And how was the event yesterday? Uh, well, according to Carlos, the librarian, uh, he told us that he uh, it was like. Mm, with more people, <laughs> yeah, and the guest is um, let's say, famous author. He's a professor in Medellin, and he has written, I think, two in very nice books. Um, so he has already like a fan base, and yeah. But you weren't at that one. Uh, no, no, no. Yesterday night, no. No. I, I could okay. Add. Cool. No. Cool. Um. So, yeah, um, if I will introduce you. So, Michael, and you, you said Michael earlier, but would you say that in, in Spanish too? Or would you say Mikael? No, Michael. Michael, Michael is nice. Cool, yes, great. Yes. Michael from Museo Ku. Um, yeah, thank you for having me at the event and thanks for, for meeting me. Um, I'm quite excited to hear about the history of Museo Ku and... Mm where it came from, the idea and the people involved. Um, so I guess we can just kind of get into it. I'll remind myself of the questions that I set up for you um, a while a while back. Um, and yeah, we can we can talk about everything Museoku. So you are one of how many people in Museoku, would you say? 
Uh, well, thanks for having me. Um, yes, we are five, but we are not like a strict, let's say, group. Mm -hmm. We're very fluid <laughs> as a group too. So when we start back in 2012, uh, we were also five, six sometimes. Uh, at some point, we were seven, eight even. Uh, and also, uh, I will say last year, um, a lot of people in the group had other jobs because Museoku is always like a volunteer based kind of group. Mm -hmm. Um, so at some point we were three, um, uh, so it's kind of like not, not a very strict number. Uh, but right now we are like five. Yeah. I will say. Great. Yeah. And 2012, that's a, that's a long time ago. Yeah. Um, so what was it like setting up something like, well, actually let's start with what is Museoku? Museoku is a missiological initiative, um, created by queer people that, back in 2012 realized that there weren't so many histories and objects and memories exhibited in museums in Colombia um, and we wanted to change that um, so we start like um, doing some projects by by our own by, by but also like um, creating some connections with established museums and libraries and um, botanical gardens and cultural institutions because we believe that every museum can be a queer museum no matter if they are of the, if they focus on history or art or uh, science uh, so that that was the beginning okay great and so would you say that all all history is a little bit queer and that's why you kind of think it can hold space in all institutions all history all histories can be can be queered yes and have a little bit of uh, queerness in themselves uh, but yes we we totally believe that um, every subject every object can have like a queer trace in it so there's potential in everything mm -hmm. and so yeah it's how long 2012 that's 11 years ago now so what was it like 11 years ago trying to get into the room with people at museums and institutions around Colombia to discuss the potential of this event taking place there? Well, I, I say 2012, but actually it was like... Here's the kettle. <laughs> it was like uh, two years of, um, how do you say, gestation? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, like giving birth, yeah. like two years of preparation. So we spent like almost two years um, with ourselves uh, having drinks and talking every weekend and thinking about what can Museoku be. Um, and in 2014, actually, we started like devising our first exhibition. What kind of project um, do we want to do? Um, so these conversations with other institutions started in 2015, actually. Okay. Uh, so it was a long process of defining what Museoku was going to be before you took it to yes. any other outside influence. Yeah, that's correct. And and actually the first, let's say, public appearance of Museoku was at the end of 2014 in a conference. Uh, a university here in Bogota prepared a conference and there was um one of the themes was like uh um diversity and we uh, submit uh, a paper uh and that was the public appearance and the second pu public appearance was in the um, lgbt march mm -hmm. uh in bogota uh, in june 2015 uh in 
that year I was preparing a colloquium for a museum, so I I, I invited Museoku to be one of the participants. <laughs> um, and during 2014-2015, we start like developing our first exhibition. We apply for funding, and in 2016, actually in October, we opened the doors of our, our of our first exhibition. So the um, so Museoku, I, I I will joke like it doesn't have like a very defined date of when started. Yeah. Um, as it happened also with the groups, is everything is very uh, fluid. <laughs> yeah. And so, so what is your background? Because it sounds like you work with museums, anyways. Yes, I. I mean, the whole group is very also. They have very diverse backgrounds. Mm -hmm. Me, I studied architecture first, mm -hmm. and then I did a museum studies uh, master. Uh, but my colleagues, they come, one of them is a journalist, and they also studied uh, museum studies. Mm -hmm. uh, another guy studied literature and then film. Uh, there's another who is an artist. Um, uh, there were also um, female colleagues that were like in designers or uh, uh, politicians, like not politicians in the sense but of public, but in science, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So it's quite a mix of backgrounds, but yeah. definitely academic based, you would say. Yes, yes. Cool. And um, what was your first exhibition? Uh, so because coming out was, uh, let's say, a common experience for the entire group. Yeah. That was our, let, let's say, first theme that we felt it was easy to consider and to think about and to question mm -hmm. uh, and to also, like, have multiple experiences uh, through the group. Mm -hmm. So the theme of our first exhibition was coming out. Okay. And what was the reception publicly? Uh, it was quite nice. We applied for public funding. There is an art institute in Bogota. So we applied, it's a blind process. So we sent a proposal and we got the funding. Um, and with that funding, we were able to uh, commission or to buy, uh, not commission, but to buy some artworks mm -hmm. from, for, for, for L, uh, from LGBT artists. Uh, we also invited other uh, photographers um, we uh, found a place uh, in Chapinero, which is a very famous uh, kind of like a LGBT district. Mm -hmm. um, and and yeah, the, the public reception was, was really nice. And, uh, there were a lot of people in the opening date. Uh, so that was a surprising thing because we were like just beginning. Yeah. Uh, so that was fun, uh, and and the different like uh, activities that we were that we develop, there was a lot of people always. Uh, so I think um, a lot of people was like excited to to see this kind of exhibitions. Yeah, great. And what was the feedback at the end of it from from visitors? Um, maybe that we focus um, very much on gay and lesbian experience. Mm -hmm. uh, there wasn't like a, a real like focus on, for example, bisexual experiences related to coming out. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, we try to uh, incorporate the idea of coming out not only in terms of sexuality, but for example, also in terms of uh, HIV status, for mm -hmm. example, that can be also yeah. a, a thing that uh, it's difficult to acknowledge publicly, yeah. or for example, your, I don't know, sexual preferences that not necessarily is sexual orientation, but um, I don't know, bondage or this kind okay. of thing. Yeah, like fetish sort yeah. of yeah. Stuff, um, yeah. But but thanks to that feedback, we um, had the opportunity to uh, 
stage the exhibition again two years after that in 2018 mm -hmm. in a gallery inside a university here in Bogota um, and we incorporate more uh, trans artists also and female artists uh, that somehow balance all all the um, let's say categories yeah but it's but it's really difficult the sometimes is, yeah. it's expansive it's yeah. wide and yeah i think um for, for a long time there's always been um more focus on the gay male experience uh mm -hmm. like you say so it's good that you get the the feedback um of the wide variation of experiences there are and that there is you've had opportunity since then to to expand on that and give voice to those yeah to those people um so since then how many exhibitions have you had um this exhibition was um our first one and it was devised like uh, a project that can be repeated but mm -hmm can be modified on each location mm -hmm. so we tried uh, in 2018 to um, recreate the exhibition again in another place uh, we didn't have uh, the funds but but th that, was, that was the project but uh, other exhibitions in 2016 it was our second exhibition mm -hmm. um, focus on mar on marriage mm -hmm. because in 2016 in 2000 um sorry in 2017 was our second exhibition because in 2016 uh, the um marriage between same sex partners became legalized in Colombia mm -hmm. uh so we were invited by um by a cultural institute to do something and we thought like i mean because the topic was very recent uh it was an opportunity to explore the theme not in terms of thinking about marriage as as an end um as the end result of our lives mm -hmm. but being critical about it mm -hmm. uh, so for that exhibition we did commission uh, artworks 16 artworks um, we did cartographies we did a timeline we did a uh, we did a lot of things and it was a really nice exhibition uh, and the other um, project that was an exhibition was in 2018 in the modern art museum actually mm -hmm. uh they devised uh like a huge project in which they gave uh, control to different uh, artists and collectives mm -hmm. so they open an, an open call we we applied for that and we were one of the i think it was like 10 collectives or 10 artists selected um and because the museum is located in um in a historic neighborhood called called Las Nieves Las Nieves had in the 70s and 80s a very particular history connected with uh sexual um workers and a lot of like um places where you can have sex intercourse mm -hmm. uh not only for lgbt people but straight also yeah uh so we wanted to somehow um, think about that uh and and those histories that maybe are forgotten and hidden uh in at that time mm -hmm. um because of course las nieves has many places in the world um because of the presence of, of universities and museums and a lot of things they are like um victims of gentrification yes. and a lot of like inhabitants are displaced and a lot of these sexual practices uh, of course were like moved, moved away out and displaced yes yeah. um so somehow we we wanted to um remember remember that um so we select pieces from the art collection of the museum that somehow were sexually explicit or like uh can it spark some thoughts about love and about like intercourse and we also um i remember uh 
arranged uh, Spotify playlist and put it in the exhibition gallery. Mm -hmm. uh, all about music with, of course, uh, very sexual content. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that was a that was a very fun like exhibition to make. Um, yeah. What was the reaction for for that one in particular? Um, no, I think the the reaction there. Uh, that's a that's a very common question that we receive sometimes in in the spaces where we uh, are interviewed, uh, and people expect that oh no we were censored or whatever but but no we have a very I mean in all our projects we have had a a very positive experience mm -hmm. and and probably because this was not only an exhibition. Uh, by Museo Queen the Museum. It was like 10 projects all around the museum. So this is one of the projects that were there. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people, of course, visited the project. Uh, and we we devised a, a little diary where people can somehow write uh, private stories uh, about their love life. Mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of comments that we received was like... Um, like liberating uh, the opportunity to express uh, those feelings. Um, the diary actually was like another tool that we have already worked in with our first exhibition, with mm -hmm. the coming out exhibition. We also had a diary. So that's like a recurring theme that you have in your... Sometimes, yes. And, and sometimes we, I mean, because we, of course... Uh, want to uh, have the participation of the of the of the visitors yeah so those are tools that allow us to capture those comments not as like um, a visitor's book that oh congratulations or whatever but but like another kind of diary that people can express uh, freely without fear or whatever great uh, how would you what would you say um, the uh, society, Colombian, Colombian society's approach to sexuality and like openness about sex, your sexuality is? Is it? Do you think it's quite open or? Um, I think it's different from place to place. We are in Bogota, and we have a lot of projects that we have done are either in Bogota or Medellin or Cali, which is are the three biggest cities. Mm -hmm. uh, but for example, the experience in little towns for LGBT people can be very, very dramatic, mm -hmm. uh, and even in in some neighborhoods in Bogota also. Um, as I said, we never had like a bad experience. I remember one visitor once like asking what was the need to do this? Uh, not offended, but maybe like thinking himself about why this LGBT thing has to be publicly exhibited or, so, or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, but beyond that, What's we... Your, what is your response to that sort uh, of question? No, we 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 reply that uh, I mean it was needed uh, that that some people felt the need to to do that and it's important to uh, have public conversations about it and exhibitions and museums are places to have those conversations um, like critically without fear uh, and because museums. I mean, the opportunity to, to have objects and text and people uh, can spark nice conversations. Um, so probably that, that was the answer that we provide to that specific visitor. Uh, yeah. Fair enough, I think. Yeah, I mean, I would say, um, you know, for a long, long time, our entire identity has been our sexuality with people that aren't LGBT. So um, I think it's interesting when we're defined as that that one thing, gay, lesbian, bisexual, whatever. But then when we actually make a conversation about it, it becomes, oh, we don't want to hear about that. Why do you need to bring it to us? So it's an interesting um, kind of juxtaposition uh, or contradiction, I guess. Yes, and... and... I guess, I mean, because we identified as, as a museum, of course we want to have conversations. Mm -hmm. I mean, we 
we don't want to just put some art or whatever in the wall and that's it. Mm -hmm. We want to um, raise questions and and motivate people to to think uh, and not always like to think in positive terms. Um, so yeah. And for you personally, what was your motivation when Museoku became an idea amongst you and your peers? Um, well, at that time, I I came f uh, for my master's degree in museum studies. I did uh, that master's in Leicester, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was like with tons of ideas in my mind, and I was and I was approached by one of my um, colleagues in Museoku. They were like devising um, a space. Uh, they wanted to rent a space and to have like a permanent display of the history of the LGBT movement in Colombia. Mm -hmm. and, and through those first years, we start like to modify that idea because, I mean, none of us uh, had money uh, to rent a space and to pay a monthly rate and... Uh, uh, and pay the bills for for a for a physical space. So Museoku became this sort of like amorphous uh, museum without walls. Yeah. Uh, and that's why we try to always partner with some other institution uh, that provides that space. And maybe they have a collection, or maybe they have funds, or maybe they have people also mm -hmm. that can be interested in the in these themes. Um, so we can we can do things together. Uh, and because we, we we wanted at that time to like plant a little seed in different museums, so museums can be. Uh, inspired to yeah they can be inspired do their own. yeah 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 so do you ever envision Museoku having its own permanent space or would you say that your intention is to encourage other institutions to create their own um i think that, that that's a very good question and that's another question that we sometimes received about the interest in having like a permanent space um it would be it would be nice to have a permanent space just to uh serve cocktails and have money <laughs> <laughs> coming in uh, and not depend always on public funds or uh, open calls because sometimes we get those funds and sometimes we didn't we we, we don't mm. um so uh, at this moment, I will say it would be nice to have a, a permanent space to have a a, a store maybe or have some space to um, to have revenue uh, that allow us to invest those invest resources in yeah. yes um, but but I I mean I personally like this uh, yeah like fluid amorphous yeah. weird institution that don't have a proper place. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds kind of like a kind of metaphor for what our community has kind of always been in the world. <laughs> yes. Something a little bit transient and weird and unusual that yeah. know, makes you think. So I quite like that too. Um, so what do you think, where do you see your Museoku going next or what do you think the next thing might be? Is there anything happening right now in Colombia that makes you think we need to talk about that in what we do. Uh, there's a lot of happening, actually. And when, and when we start like a decade ago, the situation was very different. Uh, as I said in the beginning, we identified like a, um, a void, a silence in the museums in terms of LGBT lives. Mm -hmm. But the situation has changed a lot. And for example, uh, the Colombian National Museum, the um, museums in Medellin, museums in the Caribbean, uh, a lot of museums have done exhibitions and projects related to um, LGBT lives uh, or sex work or um, 
victims of the art conflict that are, that happen to be LGBT. Mm-hmm. Um, so that makes us happy uh, on one hand, but also wonder what what can what will be the next uh, thing for us to do mm-hmm. uh, because of course the situation has changed and 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 I think at the moment we are thinking about that um, we are developing a, a project uh, that had many different stages it's called Re- reading flowers about mm-hmm. sexuality nature Mm-hmm. So we developed um, a booklet for the Botanical Garden in 2018. Yeah, I remember reading about this bit in all of the um, the work that you sent over the portfolio. Yeah. yeah and, and I thought it was really, really interesting. And and the project got very few, uh, very good feedback. In 2018, that project um, expanded and became into tour guides uh, in different public parks and now a science museum here invite us to um, like continue with the project, but we want to like expand again uh, and maybe talk about sexuality in the fungi world or um, keep developing information about other plants and uh, because it was it was like a strategy uh, to tell people about uh, or or face this uh, notion about that queerness or or gayness or lesbians are not n- 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 uh, uh, like a like a work of uh, of nature uh, like like these experiences are against nature yeah um so we wanted we're unnatural but that's the word uh so we wanted to somehow provide um not a scientific background but somehow support in that scientific studies in plants and animal and animals and provide um, information and opportunities to talk about these unnatural and natural thing mm-hmm. and what's natural and what's yeah, not natural. Through the through the lens of science, you can see that, um, especially when you look at all other parts of nature, because that's often the debate when it talks when we have the discourse of non-binary and transgenderism, uh, if you want to call it that. Um, that through the, the lens of nature that not only is gender not binary but also sex isn't binary mm-hmm. in many other parts of nature mm-hmm. so yeah i guess that is a really um provocative way and uh, interesting way of of discussing um identity in in humans um and bring, and making people look at it through another perspective other than the, what they know and what they've learned from science books in the past yes 40, and 50 years and and the way we designed the booklet it was like uh, these kind of books that you can color, uh, you can apply color to them, and and it was a very simple language, so uh, so it was like a family thing to do. <laughs> Ooh, and that's really nice, I love that. And and it was like it was not an exhibition; it was like. Uh, sort of like an educational project. Yeah. Uh, so that's also something that interests us a lot. Amazing. So um, what, so we've talked about kind of the long term and what do you think is the main thing that Museo could give to the community and the people that, that come to it or any of the events that you hold? Um... Well, I, I will I will hope that uh, one of those uh, takeaways are uh, the opportunity to to see our histories and our experiences on display, um, but through somehow a critical lens, like have the opportunity to um, see our. I don't know, for example, and thinking in, in the coming out exhibition um, to see artworks that speak about that first love or first sexual encounter 
that somehow we cannot acknowledge that with our parents or our friends and that that's a story that it's like uh, kept for us mm -hmm. but somehow uh, Museoku can provide the opportunity to to see that those stories and and for some people uh, remember those times or for some others inspire them to uh, to be who they are and acknowledge who they are and and if they are parents seeing that um, uh, as the diary re revealed because in the diary we we had some um, let's say families uh, members that talk about uh, their sons or their brothers or their sisters um, so those those family members also can somehow um, acknowledge that th th those lives uh, and those memories uh, that that's one thing and 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 the other is well uh, be a platform for artists and writers and to also express their views mm -hmm. um, for example, in in one of the one of the last projects we did is this book on queer heritage, questioning about what can be this queer heritage be. Uh, so we invited a lot of uh, like fourteen different um, artists, let's say, writers, filmmakers, uh, um, people who uh, play music or all medias. Yes, all medias. Um, and each of them develop a text. Mm -hmm. So I say, like, also be that kind of platform that allows these expressions to happen and to, yeah, to be. Amazing. And if you wanted to uh, encourage people to get involved with what you were doing, what would you tell them to do? Uh, well, you you can always like contact us museoku at gmail dot com or through our web page museoku dot org. Um, museoku was born as a volunteering based project, but actually one of the things that we want to change is to devise a structure that allows us to provide a little. Uh, salary or retribution uh, actually to those people that, that want to join Museoku but somehow cannot allow themselves to just be volunteering yeah um, yeah it's, it's hard only not many of us can can just give up our time for free unfortunately life is expensive yes uh, so we wanted to, to change that because there's a lot of people that want that want to work with Museoku but somehow I mean yes from the outside they believe that we have a huge institution and we have yeah I guess when uh, you've been in the modern art museum and you've done a tour of the whole of Columbia and stuff they think you've just got money coming from every direction or something yeah and that's a big lie uh, because the the funds that we receive I mean they are invested most of the time in the production of the next project or the project that we wanted to to finance uh, and some institutions are really like um, you know on the on the alert as they, they should be of course mm -hmm. uh, but yes that that that's one of the things that we that we want to change uh, but if out there there are people who want to contribute and have ideas or interview us or support uh, the publication of something well you can just contact us and and tell us and and we are, are happy to to receive help amazing yeah so if you're out there with a bright idea and you think you could contribute you can definitely get involved and you should i'd encourage it <laughs> or if you speak spanish you can translate things i mean there's there's tons of things you can do <laughs> amazing well thank you for for giving me your time on a weekend <laughs> <laughs> no um, thanks to you and hope hopefully lots of people hear this and uh and you can uh go some go somewhere with them and do do something more with them i'm excited to see what uh what the future holds for you for you all thank you thank you and thanks to you and thanks 
to everyone who listens this. Yeah, hopefully it's not just my mum. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was lovely, wasn't it? Um, Michael was so welcoming and kind to let me into his home and interrupt his weekend, serve me some tea. Uh, he had a beautiful view of one of the parks in Bogota, actually, and some of the hills in the background. It was really lovely. Um, Bogota's got such a lovely backdrop. You can always see the hills kind of wherever you are, which is very calming. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed this meeting. Um because firstly, I loved seeing the queer bookstore um, and a queer bookstore for the first time in a, in a long time. Uh, you know, they're already few and far between in the world anyways, um, especially considering how influential we've been in literature and thought leadership over the years. Um, but yeah, the main thing I think I really loved was thinking of the possibility of a museum being something transient and shifting and finding a place wherever it may and you know bringing light and thought to people wherever they are rather than you know someone wanting to learn about something and not sure what that thing is and having to seek it for themselves you know this just chance meeting between a person and a concept or an idea or a feeling um that really resonates with them that maybe they didn't expect to, or they'd been looking for, or looking for the words for, and and it's just found them. And the idea of a museum not having to be in a museum, it can be anywhere, the concept of that, um, of the sharing of ideas, of sharing history, of sharing experiences, ta- being taken out of that kind of very formalized, setting and and bringing it to something new I really love too and you know I feel like it just creates so much more opportunity for profound things to happen to people and revolutionary things to happen in people's minds and people's communities and to inspire people in unsuspecting ways I think it's really really special um so I hope you did as well um, although I did want to say, actually, because when I was playing back the interview and at the time of t- doing the interview, I noticed um, I used the word transgenderism, which is actually a derogatory term used by TERFs um, to invalidate the trans uh, identity and conditionalize it, make it sound like it's something medical. And at the time that I said it, I was like, why did I say that word? And, you know, I'd been doom scrolling earlier that day on Twitter. And um, I think some video by Jordan Peterson had come up or something. He'd used the word. So it was just in my head, I think, at the time when we were having the conversation. And it just made me realize how, like, one, the power of of people's words Um they can get into your vocabulary and your vernacular without you even realizing it, but also like um, how much more dangerous that would be if you didn't know what you were talking about. So yeah, I wanted to caveat, like, first of all, I knew that was a mistake and I felt stupid for it at the time. Um, But it also just made me think a lot about how thoughtful we do need to be um, when we're discussing anything like this and obviously to just finish off with saying that trans lives are beautiful and if you know somebody trans go and tell them today that you love them so before i go i just want to let you know what museo ku and the team there have been up to since we met uh so it's been a pretty amazing year for them uh in july they were able to invite the American poet Alok Vail Menon to uh, Colombia and had a full house um, where they discussed Alok's poetry and also uh, some of the work that they do uh, online. They are a speaker and a thought leader on uh, all things and what it means to really be human 
um, from the perspective of a gender norm, non-conforming person as well. And they're super inspirational. And um, I just, I can't, I think that would be an amazing experience to have. Um, so congrats to Maseo Ku on, on having that um, take place. Um, and then late, later this year, only just recently in October, they had a new exhibition which sounded amazing and it was um, exploring diversity and queerness in um, electronic music. It was called Euphoria um, and that looked really cool. I checked it out, um, all their posts online and that just looked right up my street. I would have loved to have gone to that. Um, it was kind of the the influence of queer and trans people in the music industry um and it looked yeah really fun and really interesting um and then finally just in november they uh participated in a seminar in uh cali which is in the north uh kind of near the uh the coast both pacific and caribbean caribbean side uh it's the the home of salsa um, but they they went to a seminar there where they discussed all of their archives and the progression of human rights in Colombia. So it's been an amazing year by the sounds of things. And I'm really glad to see they're still doing so much. And if you want to keep up with what they're doing, uh, then follow them. Their Instagram is at Museo Q. So M-U-S-E-O-Q. They really are a amazing bunch of people doing great things um and you know maybe you'll find yourself in Colombia one day and you'll want to be inspired um or meet some like-minded people and um you could do that at a, at a Museo Coup event so yeah thank you again to Michael and to everyone at Museo Coup and um yeah it was a great experience that um that i won't forget and hopefully i'll see you again sometime soon colombia has my heart so you know i'll be back thank you so much for listening to queer world podcast i hope you enjoyed listening as much as i enjoyed creating it don't forget you can subscribe wherever you listen to queer world podcast and don't forget as well that you can keep in touch with me on Instagram at Queer World Podcast or via email queerworldpodcast at gmail.com. Before I go, I just want to thank my good friend Tom Pitts for providing the music to the episode. You can find him on Spotify and you can also find him on Instagram under the name of Auld, A-U-L-D. Go and check him out. His stuff is absolutely amazing. But until next time, stay happy, stay healthy, and I will see you soon.